It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 66, Paradise Towers. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. The first polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a genetic thing. It's like a first. The resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, here we are. Uh, I am Eric. I'm Dan. How come I can't? It's never, it's never smooth. Never smooth. Nope. It never feels right. Uh, no. Maybe we should re, re, redo it because people don't need to know who we are or what the show is about. They... <laughs> How else I did mean, they get there? You've uh, you've practiced this about sixty six times so far, so I'm not sure why. It's... I have this is maybe. the this is almost the devil's uh, podcast. We just have to do you know another six hundred. Six hundred. And then I... I finally can get my black magic uh, dreams. Of being Jimmy Page with the uh, crank in the what are those boxes called? Where he's sitting. Come on, the song remains the same. Jimmy Page is cranking on the hurdy gurdy, and then he turns and his eyes are glowing red. And I'm just saying, making a deal with the devil is probably not that bad because Led Zeppelin <laughs> did pretty good. You know, Robert Plant had some problems. R.I.P. to uh, his children. Well, I'm not going to talk about accents, terrible things. <laughs> Uh, that I read in Hammer of the Gods in uh, sophomore year of high school. What are we going to talk about, Dan? Uh, well, we're going to talk about um, an incredible episode of Doctor Who. But do you have anything you want to discuss before we jump into I it? Don't I mean, think we can, so. We can well, do this. There's nothing new Doctor Who related to talk about. I mean, there's been a number of. I guess there was a trailer for the new season, and uh, I saw did see a little video uh, with Jodie Whittaker. Uh, which was incredibly charming. It was her reading um, tweets from around the time when she was announced as the new Doctor and kind of responding to the people who were uh, making those comments, both positive and negative, but overwhelmingly she was reading was, the negative ones. Right, it and it was negative. it was really uh, charming. So uh, if she can bring that kind of charm to the to the character, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, I think we posted that from uh, the Twitter. Um, I think account so. there. So yeah, it was check great. that out. She, was great. she seems like a delightful goofball. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I so welcome that. Yeah, let's just talk about um, the towers. Uh, let's, let's pack towers. our bags and move into Paradise Towers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. hit the button. Go ahead, hit that button. All right, I jump off the top floor of Paradise Towers. <laughs> You're allowed to stop one and a half minutes for every 3,000 footsteps walked. And that means you can stand still for a while. Oh, that's very generous of you. Oh, there must be a job trying to keep these corridors clean and tidy like this. Oh, yes, yes. Especially the wall scrawl. Oh, that's what you call them, wall scrawlers. Yes, yes, dirty pests. <laughs> well, look at it. Buy my two tickets. What's that? What's what? Well, it looks like a kang. 
and something attacking us, some sort of claw. This is Paradise Towers, Dan. This is the second serial of the 24th season. In 1987... Seems so weird that it's 1987. Like, we're so close to the 90s to, because I'm old. Uh, you know, 90s still feel, that's pretty, that's still pretty it's relevant. pretty recent, right? right? That's not, yeah. That's not that long ago, right? It's uh, so yeah. long ago. Um, this is written by Stephen Wyatt uh, and directed by Nicholas Mallet of the Mallet family. Uh, the Doctor and Mel end up at a space-age high-rise where raving gangs of teenage girls and cannibalistic old people live in disharmony, while deadly robot cleaners clean the life right out of you. Plus, the cops don't care. Uh, and there's a man in the basement. Uh, Dan, that that's pretty much the uh, the gist of yep. uh, fall, I was gonna say Faulty Towers, but Paradise Towers. What did you think of this tale? Um, I, uh, I have mixed feelings. Uh, oh, oh over- intriguing. Overall, though, okay. Let's see if we, if we if we could split this up and and review individual episodes. Okay. I really loved the first episode. I really liked the second episode. The third was 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 fine, but it was it wasn't awesome. And then the last one fell apart for me. But the first the first half, maybe two thirds of this of this story, I actually really enjoyed. It had problems um, that we'll obviously talk about, but. Generally, I, I love the world building, building they were setting up. The idea was really solid, but uh, there were just major problems that really held it back. And then I don't think they knew what they wanted to do at the end, so it just kind of died. Um, yeah, so overall, that's kind of how I think about it. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the exact same page as you. Okay. I loved it, I should say. I thought the whole, it was amazing. I love the whole thing, except the whole thing. for the okay. end. Yes. And uh, specifically, uh, the architect, the yeah. actor's portrayal of the architect, and once he became a zombie architect, yes, uh, it was painfully bad. I thought, like he his he was too ham fisty, and it was just sort of, I don't know, it was just kind of corny. Um, but yes. taking him out, like if you took him out, everything else I thought was awesome. Like the uh, tribalism and the, you know, you've got the red Kangs and the yellow Kangs who are wiped out in the start yeah. of this. And you have the blue Kangs and you've got like, you know, Gem and the Holograms versus Katy Perry and her crew. And that was awesome. And the cannibalistic old people, it was right in my wheelhouse. So, so like, good. It was, it was just a ton of fun. I thought everybody was great. I thought the acting was great except for the architect guy. Well. Who, I just felt like he was not that great. He was better before he became the architect too. Yes, yes. When when he when he's playing the possessed uh, um, architect Crowang or whatever, not not good. Yeah, he made some painfully bad. He made some choices with his voice that I don't know. It just wasn't working. He was doing some sort of zombie thing that just didn't work and didn't need to be that way at all. If he had played that more. uh, like maniacal uh, 
dictator or some, some, something, anything. There were so many other choices he could have made than that, and it just fell off the cliff right. for me at that Anything point. other than I'm going to be Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Like, I guess weird... that was his touchstone of what, because he, he was like, like that, that kind of stuff. But the voice that he chose was very, yeah, was like, good. zombie voice and it, it, doing weird things with his mouth that, and I, okay, so this, this is uh, a being that's been trapped in a, the basement of an apartment building for however long. That's a question I want to come back to because I'm not sure what the timeline is for some of this stuff. But he's been trapped there, so he's taking over a body and he doesn't, I don't know, doesn't know how to work the body. I don't know. I can see why he would make choices like that, but he didn't actually do it well. Right. How long can you be neon glowing eyes uh, and then all of a sudden you can't just take over a body? You're going to have, you're going to stumble. There's going to be a period of adjustment there. We all know this. It's a, it's a fact. Um, but he wasn't the worst defender because that at least was limited to the last fourth of the story. Pex was terrible. Oh, see, I disagree. I thought Pex was awesome. No. Okay, here's my problem with Pex. I know what they were going for. I get that. But he, the actor, and I'll also blame the director, um, couldn't make a decision. Either go full camp with it or play it as straight as possible. You can't go in between. And I felt like he either wasn't able to do it, uh, to fully commit, or didn't know where to commit, or, or kept flip-flopping. If he really committed to that to a choice that would have been a really interesting character or at least funny and did what it, the, it was supposed to do in the story it didn't he just he isn't a hero type so so the whole thing with pex is he's supposed to be well he's a fraud he's, he's a cowardly cutlet obviously right. who cowardly pretends cutlet. to be this you know superhero guy M- macho thing sure he's an insane person but he doesn't he doesn't it would have been better had he looked physically more like what he thinks he is or being completely the opposite of that and had this inflated sense of himself but he was so somewhere in between in terms of the the casting this this actor's physicality that it didn't portray either one or the other he was just kind of like a guy and that doesn't work for me you need i think you need you need to have the extreme in order to make a character that is satire actually work as no i see i don't agree at all i i felt like he was the perfect looking hero in a sci-fi thing you know he reminded the hokey thing where he stands out he's like i'm plex and i defend the the blah 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 blah. and then like later when he runs into those uh the blue kangs or or the red kangs doesn't matter and they're all going scaredy cat scaredy cat you realize that he's just a fraud and a doofus and then the kind of guy who thinks that he's this wonderful savior and he's actually a complete clown. And that he kept failing over and over and he had multiple chances to be a hero and he just failed everything until the end when he redeems himself. Right. And I, I like it. I found it funny. I, I, I like the idea. It was I The idea it. was very good. But the execution, I just could not take him seriously. I couldn't, I couldn't take him seriously as... Um, as the embodiment of what that satire was supposed to be. It just, it fell in completely flat for me, entirely. And, and I really wanted to like what they were doing there, but I, I just, I couldn't stand them. I think everyone else in this, uh, besides when the uh, the chief caretaker gets overtaken uh, by the architect, that aside, everyone else's performance was great in this. And we, we really, well, Mel's performance was Mel. Other than that, everyone else's performance was great. Um, it just, I, I really, I can't believe you liked Pex. I thought he was ice hot, Dan. I <laughs> thought he was ice hot. No, I thought, I yeah. thought it, I, he, I thought he was funny. I thought he was 
corny in the way that he was supposed to be corny. Not enough. And it, I liked the sense of humor through the whole thing, and I thought yeah. he was fine. Yeah. And I thought it, I thought it was funny how he kept just getting humiliated at every yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, multiple times on the page. Everything about that makes sense. I, if I had just read this, I think I would have really liked the character. Actually, if I had just read the whole thing, I think I would have liked the story much better. Um, it was just those acting choices that really pulled me out of it. And and he was, for me, he was the worst offender. So You wanted more of like a Nathan Fillion? Oh, God. If like we had Nathan, in, sure. In sure. like Dr. Horrible? Yeah. Like that's yeah, because, sort of where I saw him kind of being. But was, he didn't get there. He was he was he was not capable of delivering that amount. Well, he but was he like kept eighty percent of that of the way. But there. he kept. I felt like he he what, what was funny for me was he kept pretending to be that. Like he would yes. rush into the situation. Like he wasn't a coward. You know, there'd be something going. Like the the elderly people are attacking the resis uh, male with knives yes. and he's rushing into the scene and yes. it's like i'm good but then once he gets there he, there's no, no reserve like she just yes. throws knives at him and he just cowers you know 100 percent agree that's great that all of that is great but every time he it, it's just the actor's portrayal it is it is the actor or the director that was at fault there not the writing and, and what they were going all right for. so I suck thought, on it pex yeah Dan says you stink you stunk it up I mean, I guess if this is the '80s, um, the action hero thing is is a big trope. There, he reminded me of, uh, oh God, uh, Terminator, Sarah Connor's uh, the love oh, interest. Oh yeah, the guy from Aliens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's see, I can't I mean, remember. And, the and guy he who isn't also also isn't like a big action hero kind of look. And like, like there's so many other things you could have gone for than that. I don't know. It's just the physicality didn't work. The he didn't really commit to the choices or make a strong choice either way. What was on the page made sense to me. That's it. I never want to talk about pecs again. I just love that there was like <laughs> these gangs of teenage girls that were gr- run, doing graffiti and everything, and they sort of yeah. ran, they ruled the streets and they owned the night. And then you had this dopey guy who was walking around who thought he was as tough as nails, but he was just a sham. Like, he was just a fraud. So the way his dynamic with them, I, I, I rather enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And they felt like that whole 80s gang thing. It's like there's that period of time, uh, you know, the Wild Boys video from Duran Duran, I think, had uh, probably aired somewhere around there. There was the Max Headroom show. Like, everything sort of yeah. felt like this post-apocalyptic, the start of cyberpunk stuff of, you know, whatever that is. I guess it's yeah. a, it's also coming off of, like, when was the Road Warrior? That was, like... Well, Thunderdome 80, was 85. Right, so that was, like, 81 or something. So, like, that, yeah, yeah. That like the, the thing coming off the 80s of how we all saw the future looking all, right. always looks like this to me. Right. Um... Yeah, so I guess we, we can start back at the beginning, uh, as we kind of have, but I, like I said, I really enjoyed the world building that they did in the first episode of this story. Um, I, I agree. I think the Kangs were actually really awesome. Um, yeah, and their names were great. Like, it would be like uh, Escape Hatch and, you know, uh, bin liner. Stool and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bin Liner's the one that got me. I love that one. That's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, the whole society that they're, that they're portraying there, um, their, <laughs> their, uh, uh, vernacular that they're using completely reminded me of, uh, Beyond Thunderdome, the kids, yeah. uh, with their Tomorrow Tomorrowland and, uh, yeah, 
their their tells and everything. That was, I mean, I guess maybe it's more Clockwork Orange than that, but it's yeah, just, I like I, the fact that the writer at least was trying to create what they thought the new language would be, and sometimes be. that does not work. And sometimes I find it charming. And I thought this was great. Like it wasn't headquarters. It was what was it? Uh, brain, brain quarters or something, and you know that their whole uh, ice hot or ice that hot thing was great, and the whole fizz aid thing is fizz aid a real drink, or was it created? Oh, I don't for know. This show, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a, in a, a thing in in the UK that it was like Coke or something. I don't know. Right, right. But I like the fact that all of that was in, and, and they were drinking it. Somehow, it's held onto its carbonation, which is great. That's amazing. And they just like oh, they spend five minutes passing a can of fizz <laughs> around and enjoying it. It's like, all right, I guess we got time for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, there were there were moments uh, in the fourth story, uh, fourth episode of the story, where things just there's there's a a full twenty second shot of uh, the architect ambling down a hallway with a cleaner following him. Right, we're just gassing to be that people long. to death. Which that's what? when they were gassing people to death. Yes, because you. I think that shot, if it's the same shot, I'm. You see, like one of the guardians or protectors or whatever, like falling down dead, and they're just yes, committing genocide. Which and it was cool. You know, he's marking floor by floor. He's just slaughtering people. But that actually looked really cool as he as he's redlining each of the floors as it comes up. It's like that's. It was actually a very creepy shot. It looked really. I'll tell you yeah. what's creepy. Dan. Tell me why tell does me. he refer to himself as daddy? Oh my god! <laughs> so you have to like. All right, let's talk about a little bit about the backstory, right? Yes. So there's this genius architecture architect, Croagnon, mm-hmm. right? Yes. However you pronounce his name. Croagnon. And he's makes this place called Miracle City, and it's this wonderful city, and he doesn't want anyone to ruin it, and he sets up traps or whatever and kills people because he doesn't want them in it, and somehow he gets away with the crime, right? Because there's yes. no evidence or something. So then then he when he makes his next creation, this city uh this tower yeah which is sort of it's not unclear but i guess they they built a tower for all the people to live in while the i guess all the men you know or, or middle-aged people middle-aged and then people, women yep. but also young boys because the only there aren't, population I, is young girls so yeah they the don't mention boys are also yep. fighting whatever and old people and young people they moved them to this tower but is the war happening on that same planet is the war somewhere else? Like, why did they all go into one building as opposed to building them a city? Or is there nothing else on this planet but the building? Right. It, I mean, it's entirely unclear because so we get this kind of backstory from the Rezies, uh when Mel meets um, meets Tabby and Tilda. Um, but they don't even seem to know. Honestly, they, I, it feels to me that they were speculating that it was a war, that that's the reason that... Um, the middle-aged people, everyone except for the ones that are there, uh, went away. It, it's not even clear well, that yeah, that happened. The timeline gets a little fuzzy because well, the doctor says, I, I think he says their parents, you know, we were getting to the architect. He, he Then he builds yes, this yes. paradise tower and again tries to kill people. And they somehow remove his mind and put him in the basement. Right. Um and, but the doctor mentions that their parents did it. Now, if that's just saying parents being ancestors, and it could have been ten it's generations ago, or if it's their immediate parents, that was the part that confused me all along. I was like, "Oh, this this is a civilization civilization that's evolved over time and deteriorated to this point that they've created new words that are similar to English, but have been you know altered over time 
that can't happen in how how old were these kids like no and you can't think about it either 15 years like that doesn't make any no that's crazy so if he had said um you know your ancestors whatever that would have made a lot more sense but again i don't know how the um where all the kangs would have come from if there's just a whole bunch of women there. Yeah. It has to almost be the, just one generation because... has to be. How are they making... And the old people are still... It's just weird. That doesn't make any it sense. Is. No. But don't pull that thread. Um, but it, So anyway, so for some reason, they don't just kill the architect or send him to war or whatever. They put him in the basement for fun. I don't know why they put him in the basement. And then yeah. this guy finds him and then decides that he's going to treat him like his baby and he calls himself daddy. Yeah. That was weird. Like when he's like, yeah. daddy brought you, like, there's a weird Daddy brought you treats. Yeah, they're doing yeah. something together is what I'm saying. <laughs> it got real uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, he's just creating then real dolls with the uh, people that he's finding for, for dirty, terrible business, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well... So all along, you think, or I, I did, that that um, the caretakers are killing Kangs and whomever in order to feed the thing in the basement before we know what it is. But that turns out to not be what it is. It needs a suitable body. Yeah. It, did that body need to be alive? Because when it actually works, it's because it's when the, the chief caretaker goes down and he's alive until the moment of he's converted. So did he need live body? I don't understand here's how that the, Here's the way I read that. Yeah, or understood that. So he adopts this thing as his baby, and he starts feeding it things, thinking it needs to eat. So he's right. just giving it, giving it, and things. then it starts accelerating its eating, and it's eating things without his knowledge. And he's like, "What? Well, what are you doing, son? Daddy's <laughs> mad. Daddy's mad, or whatever. Ugh. Daddy's dirty. Whatever. Whatever they're doing." <laughs> in the yes. And then he reveals, hey, no, I just, I need a new body, and all these bodies are garbage. Right. Garbage he didn't find a body. suitable body. Yeah. It's a little strange. It's That whole part is a little, like, maybe not completely thought through of how, of why there's a brain in the bait, like, why they kept the mind. Did they need the mind to keep building the building, and they couldn't finish the building, and they had to keep them around because they didn't know how it worked or something, like... <clears throat> Maybe there was something to keeping him. That would have made sense if they had needed his brain in order to maintain the building or something. Right. But that's not the case because the elevators yeah, don't him. seem to work. Or yeah, he's yes, in the basement. Just, yeah, represented by you know, yeah, uh, electric eye light, which was kind of cool. But it was like you know neon glowing. I don't know what he's like, doing down there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hmm. What do you think of the music? It was kind of all over the place. Yeah, I felt the, like it was good sometimes and terrible or repetitive and just kind of uninspired uh, for a lot of the other times. It was like a mixed bag. It was definitely repetitive. I I found that the only time that I noticed the music was when I didn't like the music, and that was particularly when we first start seeing the cleaners rolling around. Um, the music was very upbeat instead. It was like jarringly upbeat i don't know why that was because it could have been those things could have been very creepy but it, it didn't turn out that way it wasn't even like um you know like weird off-kilter carnival music kind of upbeat it was just like straight up kind of synth pop which yeah. was very strange choice for those why were the cleaners invented in such a way that that they have buzz saws and claws and a drill like were they created 
to kill people? Yeah. That so they weren't like they weren't cleaners in order like they were cleaning the hallways and keeping everything tidy and then they turned them into these things. No, I, Instead, I mean this guy's crazy and he he no one understands his genius, so he built into the cleaners a way of killing people should he ever need to. Or maybe his plan was always to kill people. Like he, he creates a work yeah. so wonderful and powerful that no one should be able to use it because they can't, they can't appreciate it. But his plan's terrible because the whole place is full of graffiti. Like it's just a dirty, terrible place. And because for some reason, humanoids. the pool. No one's going to the pool. I understand that there's a, a robot in the pool, <clears throat> like, but outside the pool, you know, yeah. there's there weren't any robot cleaners. Well, no one could get to the to that floor. That, didn't that, they just put the code in and they went up? Everybody got that there at my, the end. Eventually they got there. <laughs> right. Well, the, the doctor and the king came through the back door. Right. Um, and Mel was able to figure it out. So this whole thing is kicked off because Mel wants to go swimming. Yeah, that's the that's centerpiece. Why? Of the... I mean, she, she saw a brochure about Paradise Towers. It had a pool. Apparently they had to jettison the pool from the TARDIS because it had a leak in it. Okay. So, I yeah. So... That the marketing worked, uh, uh, you know, the key takeaway is uh, mailers work. So she decides they want to they want to go swimming. So they're going to go to Paradise Towers of all places. So I mean, that whole buildup that this is supposed to be some amazing pool. What did you think when you saw that? I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> I it looked like the finest uh, Hilton. Uh, Holiday and Express. Holiday yeah. and DoubleTree uh, yeah. pool that I've ever seen. But just to back it, up a little bit. No. I don't remember in the opening. So the doctor was already familiar with Paradise Towers. He he knows all about Miracle City, right? Like he which he comes watches up later. that promo. That's also a weird thing when the doctor's a, a prisoner, and then he hears that the old people have gotten eaten by the uh, by the garbage disposal, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go leave you." You know, keep the doctor here and play him our promo DVD. Yes. Why is that a thing that he wants him to watch? Like, it's just as a weird way of getting the exposition in. But he's like, uh, yeah, well, I kind of thought the DVD. That, that was probably in the rule book. That's a thing that you have to do or something. I like, love that's the rule how book. I, we didn't even the talk rule about the rule book. Yeah, well, let's come back to that. So, so does the and doctor also know? DVDs though. They did have DVDs. They had well, D- which was like. CDs at least in 1987. There's Seven. definitely laser discs, but those were not laser discs. No, they're small. Like they looked like a. It looked CD. like a DVD or something. Yeah. Which, as far as I know, that's not invented at know. that point, right? Did they? Did Doctor Who invent the CD? <laughs> <Not> sure. No. <laughs> Someone I'm sure is going to say no. In 19, you know, whatever, 81, they invented it, but. I thought that was kind of like seeing the thing that looks like an iPad in 2001. Uh, right. Anyway, go on with what you were saying. I don't know what I was saying. So, okay. Um, so they, they arrive on the planet because Mel wants to go swimming. That was my point, basically. Mm-hmm. How ridiculous is that? Um, let's let's talk about uh, Mel and um, Sylvester McCoy. Let's their, their performances in this one because this is kind of the... Not yeah, the first... I mean, we, we, had a, we had a story with them previously, but the... That was what it was, and I feel like we we know that a a new doctor takes a couple of stories at least until we kind of get a sense of who they're going to be and how I think until they figure out exactly how they want to portray the character. What do you think of this uh, performance as the doctor, and I what do you think of Mel as the doctor? 
I think he's a great doctor. I think he's yeah. funny. I think he's he's charming. Like I feel like he does everything right. I like being around him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would hold me. But he's he, he he has the perfect tone. I think even when he is being smarter than the other people, it's not condescending or weird. He's not like bristly or right. antagonistic at all. He's he's fun. I I love him. I think he's great. Like I if this is how he is for the rest of the go, I'll be very happy. I liked him much more in this story than I did in the previous one. Yes. And I thought Mel was okay too. Like you brought her up. She uh she gets a little grating um a little. at times. Yeah. But as a character, at least she's got things she's driving her own story. Like she's on her own. She's once again we separate the two companions. She's not being led by Pex. She's leading Pex. When she's thrown into the pool and she's getting attacked, she's screaming, but yeah. it's her that gets herself out of it. He's completely yeah. useless. So I I feel like at least she has a reason to be there and, and makes chain it makes things happen on her own. And and without her, I guess, you know, would the story really if you removed her completely from the story, would it still work? Maybe <laughs> it would but. be di- difficult because she does bring us a lot of the information. Um, you know, the, the resis uh, want to take care of her. Um, yeah, oh, I uh, like eating her so much. The, the, well, let's come back to them. But yes, um, yeah, Mel. I think this is maybe the best performance of this character that we've seen since the first one, and that was my my preferred version of Mel, where she really was. Uh, a, a character with her own sense of agency. Right, that's terror of the vervoids you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that was the best version of Mel that we've seen. Um, subsequent to that, we've only seen her a bit, but it hasn't been as strong, and she's been much more falling back into the damsel in distress mode. This one, however, you're—I I totally agree. She's she's driving the story. She has her own agency. She's protecting Pex, uh, who I said I'd never mention again. Um, so she was fine, but but. And maybe this is just part of the character, or I don't know. Maybe it's the tension with this, with what Doctor Who wants to be. Is it still a, a kids show, or are they doing something else with it? But she's just so ridiculously optimistic about everything. Like there's killer robots around her. There's you know obviously death and destruction around her, and she's like, we're just gonna go to the pool. We'll make it work out. Yeah, and that's she- that's just a, just too much. And then when she finally sees the pool. I mean, that thing is ridiculous. That's just the absolutely yes. It's just absolutely who's maintaining stupid. those chlorine levels? Is it a saltwater pool? I'm assuming. I don't, I don't know. know. But I mean, the thing—it's—it's it's just this tiny little pool, um, and she's treating it like this is the thing I've been waiting for forever. This is amazing. And if it's, you've been it's, traveling the spaceways, going from planet to planet, getting chased down corridor after corridor, not care how big the pool is, you're just happy to appreciate some swim time. Maybe I'm jaded. Right. Maybe maybe Mel has it right. Jaded. Yeah. All right. My bad. Sorry. But Mel. yeah, you're. I think you're 100 percent right about her going from the extreme of super bubbly, optimistic, everything's cool, to screaming for your life. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm gonna get killed, and it happens like in a uh, switch, you know. And then all of a sudden, she's back to being too happy and too bubbly, and it's like, is any of this having any kind of effect on you as a uh, person? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like she's living in both directions. Yeah, and just living from moment to moment. Yeah. She has the what just happened, where she almost died, has no bearing. 
this is a better Mel story, but I don't know how much longer I want to be with Mel. How's that? No, I I'm uh, on board with that. Yeah, uh, if if they made the the choice to head more towards what we've the better parts of Mel that we've described, a a companion that has her own sense of agency, that would be awesome. But I don't know that that's where it's going to go. And yeah, I'm not I'm not attached to Mel in the same way that I have been to to previous companions, right. and and we've seen enough of her to to kind of have that relationship already if that was going to develop i think so yeah we'll we'll see. see um i did like her performance in all of her resis scene who are yes. referred to as the old ones and also resis so well okay i have a question yeah Can we, before we get to the resis who, who i really love but in the beginning uh in the first story when the dr and mel meet the red kangs for the first time and uh, bin liner or someone is trying to explain like who there are and and could it have been fire escape it could have been fire escape. <laughs> could have been staircase. Um, so they said there there are there are groups here. There's the yes. Kangs. There's the caretakers. Mm-hmm. There's the old ones, mm-hmm. and then there's the secret ones. They, they can't well, say. Okay, who are the secret ones? I think it was the cleaners, the cleaning robots. Was it okay? Because well, who else would it be? Well, that's what I wasn't sure about. Like, so the resis. Okay, this is this is super dumb. I'm and I apologize for. For just being an idiot, but the the resis are the old ones. But what if the old ones we just don't see and they're just shut-ins? And the resis are the ones they don't talk about because the resis are actually eating kangs, so they're afraid to even talk about them. That's possible. Maybe I don't Except know. It's we felt never weird. Like, see the old ones, and so you get just, the you get the sense at the end it is three groups, and they are right. Everyone's together. there. It's the the guardians, or what are the what are the watchers called, or whatever the police. Oh, caretakers. The care, yes, the caretakers. Yeah. The the old people and the Kangs all come together. Okay, so, so it was the, it's it got was the be, cleaners yeah, that think, they weren't talking about, which is weird because it's not a group of people. Those are just killer robots. And on you the should loose. mention them. You should have no you, problem not. Why would you hide that? Right, so, right. You know. That's why it seems so weird that they wouldn't mention these killer robots. And that they you're are obviously going to see them on the. They're spending all their afternoons doing graffiti. Of them to try to yeah. tell people we're getting killed. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is I, something else. Or were they aware of what was in the basement and they're afraid to talk about what's in the basement? I I think they, I mean they knew about the door in the basement, but I don't think they knew what was behind it. I don't know. It was that was just a weird thing. Like why 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 say the the Kangs, the caretakers, and the old ones instead of Kangs, caretakers, and the, the Rezies? Yeah, it, I just, had, it was I, weird. I, it was unnecessary. I don't know. I'm just being dense about well, it. Well, no, but or it's the same thing it. as why I refer to the guy constantly as the architect, and then all of a sudden give him a name of Crowan right, or right. Crowagan or whatever his name is. It's like you don't need all those extra details. Just keep calling him the architect. Yeah, yeah. But now, not. let's talk about the Rezies. Yeah, but oh god, what a the great, best. what a great, what a great actresses. Yes. And like what a great yes. feel and the fact that you come out of this 80s apocalypse urban street, you know, decay world yeah. RoboCop, RoboCop mm, light. Yeah. And then yeah. you go into like this like very homey looking thing with the bones on the table. Like it was great contrast and and it was awesome. Yeah, I I loved their performances were so terrific. Um the, the just the interaction between the two main resis between Tilda and Tabby, their back and forth is 
it's just so much fun. And and Mel in those scenes, I think, played it perfectly. Uh, honestly, the uh, so that interaction between the three of them was beautiful. And it was, you know, it was there was a sense of foreboding from the outset, like when when Tilda first comes out into the hallway when Mel's like running around mm-hmm. and she offers her some tea. Just just that appearance of this older woman dressed as she was, all clean, but you know that that kind of sort of house wife frumpy sort of but but still trying to be put together that in the middle of that graffiti hallway just look it was such an interesting shot i just thought it was really cool like okay now where are we going this is going to be really interesting and then that first moment when they come into the you see the apartment and and uh tabby cleaning up and getting it it was just it was so much fun um, i can't believe you called my baby frumpy <sighs> well no 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 you're right no that that <laughs> it was i really like the way this storyline was directed too i thought there were lots of cool shots and angles and and that scene like the the one you just mentioned i completely agree it was it was such a weird juxtaposition of you know yeah whoa now and then when you go in it's it's like now you're in a weird sitcom Mm -hmm. setup and everything's nice and the bones in the table and it was just so cool yeah yeah and it felt like uh fairy tale like too you know, with Mel, and it's like the witches in the woods or whatever, trying to fatten her up, and, and you yeah. know she's going to get eaten. But then they kind of let her go. I felt like the first time they let her go, too quick. Like, you know. Yeah, that seems... I'm not sure why that had to happen. It, I maybe, guess because pl- yeah. pl- Pex showed up. Because yeah. he shows up and she leaves with him, so maybe that's why... I do I love know. that he breaks through the door each time. Yes, that is pretty that good. That is awesome. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's pretty great. That was such a great... I mean, it's a throwaway line, but it was so funny that, that you have all this history in that one line that he must have done this over and over and over. Yeah. And he keeps breaking their... You know. <laughs> and obviously, he comes in to help the person that he doesn't help, and they get eaten because their bones right. are on the table. So it's, he's, it also speaks to his you know inability to actually save anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked how joyous he felt when he actually felt like he saved her at one point. Remember, yeah. like, I think they're even in the hall. He's like, does this mean I actually... Yeah, She's, yeah, like, yeah. rolling it. She's like, I guess you kind of did. Yeah, Mel's interaction with Pax was actually pretty good, at, at least in the beginning, when she's trying to decide, like, should she take him with her? Like, she needs a guy. That that was that was pretty good. But towards the... When they get to the pool, that whole part just yeah, I will, fell apart. In general... You mentioned this when you first started talking about it. Like that part four, episode four, things start to really kind of fall apart at the end. It's just sort of like, all right. I mean, because it's like when you think about even their whole plan, you know, the doctor's going to, he's going to lure the architect back to his to secret floors. I can't even remember what they're going to do. There's like a floor also where the architect can't see the video screens because he That's himself the pool. yeah made it that way for some reason. Yeah, the, he's not able to see the pool area, but right. then he is oh. trying to lure the architect by playing to his vanity. That, but why that can't he's... he see the pool area? Well, like that the... was something he built. Right, I don't know why he couldn't override it. Like, obviously, those controls were set up so that the caretakers can't see the pool area, but I don't know why he couldn't just be like, bloop, 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 now right. I can see the pool but area. It, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, they needed a place where they could gather and... Yes. Uh, right. Whatever. But, yeah, so anyway, his plan, what to, you know, when he sends, <clears throat> Pex is like, I'm going to be the hero, and he goes and brings it back, and I guess he comes back too fast. 
And then all of a sudden it's just, you know, the doctors wrestling. And, like, that whole thing felt mm. sort of like... You mean the fight scene in the hallway? The fight, the whole end, the whole climax of how this thing ends felt very undercooked. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden Peck sacrifices himself, which is great. It's one of the worst things about... Um, stro- it's one of the things that happens too frequently in uh, Doctor Who stories where we have a lot of buildup and setting uh, setting up the story and world building and this is what's going to happen and it both feels like there's too much time because things just get really flabby in the in the latter part and then also at the same time rushed at the very end. Yeah. So it's this weird combination of like, okay, we could pick up the pace and then, oh, sh- oh okay, I guess right, that's right, how we're right. ending it. So, that, I mean, that's happened a lot and that was the, definitely the case for me in this one. I uh, like that, I don't know what to- that all of the groups did work together. And you yeah. saw them working together, like when they defeat one of the cleaning robots or whatever. Re- and like, was, how did I, they I like that? You know, and how did they beat the robots? The resis took the tablecloths they were knitting. <laughs> well, and that's threw it, why <laughs> each threw person it over added something that only they could bring. Uh, so they had a tablecloth. Where we see in other scenes <laughs> that the Kangs are just shooting with apparently bows and arrows, yes. shooting the robots. One shot blows them up. They didn't really need those tablecloths. I think they could have spent no. another half day workshopping that part of the story to figure out what the resis are going right. to bring. And they could it. have done something else. But yeah, like, they, else. the the uh, one of those cleaning robots has the doctor's mm-hmm. neck in like a gripper that you know could just chop his head off, and he yep. he gets shot by a bow and arrow, and that's enough to let him let go. One shot kills. It's crazy, but I I don't know. It was it was good. It was ice hot. It was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of uh, soft drinks. A lot of soft drinks. So I mean, uh, no, forget it. I'm gonna skip that. I was gonna say again, like, how does this timeline work? That that those soft drinks have been sitting in the machine forever, and why don't they just break it open instead of having to put coins in it every time? Just break the damn thing open and yeah, pull it was out so, all the soft drinks. Just, let's talk just, about that though, because it's uh, so really? strange that there's there's a whole scene where the doctor breaks a phone. And I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of cool. You look at a phone, and he's like, look how archaic it is. Yeah. And now that is archaic, that he's looking at it for people of this, whatever. Yeah. Um, so he bra- he breaks it open just to get the coins, just to use in the soda machine, well, just so that they could drink soda. That's not why. What? That's not why it happens in the story. I mean, it happens because that's how he sees who the architect is. On the coin. It, it says on the coin. So that was that was how we advanced the story so that he would know who this guy was. And be like, oh, that name rings a bell, but I can't quite place it. But didn't it. he get the name so from the video, too? No, later, that's how he puts it together. First, he gets the name from the coin. Later, when he sees a promotional video, it talks about Miracle City. He's like, oh, that's why I know this okay, name, okay. Miracle City. Here's the whole story. So that's that was setting it up. It was still bizarre that he broke a payphone Fair to get the enough, coins yeah. out. Fair enough, yeah. But, yeah, there's, there is the, the getting a bunch of coins and then bringing right. the coins somewhere else and then using it on a soda machine and then everyone drinking soda. I guess it's like, hey, we're all we all. – I'd like to buy the world soda. a Coke and and – it was almost like the blue, and, the blue and red Kang should have been there, and then they should have shared a Coke or a oh. Fizz Aid, and then that brought them together, the sugar yeah. water. But it was just him bonding with the, the red Kangs. There was a small touch in that um, when he breaks open the coins that I, I enjoyed. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw this, that it, it seemed this is what he was doing. He was filling his hat up with the coins. It was They were spilling out of the, the payphone and filling his hat up with the coins, and he just took the hat and put it on his head. 
which I thought was a, a nice little, I don't know. I, I love the physicality that he has. There's just like these sort of weird quirks that he has. Yeah. It's just the hat on his head with the coins. And um, I, I think he's, he seems to be the best parts of a few different doctors in his performance, like very much second doctor. Um, he, he feels like a, an, evo- uh, an evolution of, of Troughton's uh, doctor with uh, just the, the cleverness of, of a baker. It's, I'm I'm really excited to see where he goes with this. If if he keeps going down this track with this this incarnation of the doctor, do you think I'm, I'm that very he's going to? Do you think he's going to continue to wear the scarfs because he gets a red and blue scarf and he's a member of both the Crips and the Bloods uh, <laughs> at the end? Do you think that's going to become part of the costume or is it I gone after this? I think it's gone after. I hope yeah. it's gone after this. We don't really care that through. Well, he could tie it to his microphones in his Aerosmith cover band that he performs in. <laughs> uh, um. What else do we have to talk about? There, there was a lot of. Um, it felt like there were just a lot of references to other movies of the time. Um, to me, this felt so much like uh, Brazil, which is one of my favorite yeah, movies yeah. of all time. The bureaucracy in that, just, I mean, th- to the point where they're given everyone's given all the uh, caretakers are given a name that's just an absurd um, uh, string of letters and numbers, which is kind of funny, and all the all the rule book and yeah, and even counting the, the number of steps before you do something, and the doctor yeah. literally gets out of being cap- captive by making up rules in the book, which right. is absurd. That part and ridiculous, but it yes. worked. I thought it was super funny, and I totally bought it. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it they was carried, a cop out. They carried off a pretty silly premise uh with good performance mm-hmm. in that's in this case where in the other in a lot of other cases it was like oh it was a really good idea with performances that didn't quite follow through uh but between you know brazil i think i mentioned beyond thunderdome or clockwork orange with the way that they their manner of speaking and also it reminded me of time bandits a lot which came out in in 81 um even like the the promotional video that he uh watches just reminds me of in time bandits when the kids parents are just watching video um uh game shows on tv yeah. just all of that kind of so it's very much a lot of Terry of, Gilliam uh, th- coming through, which is you. one of my favorite favorite uh, uh, writer directors ever. Honestly, um, so it's just a lot of these um, things that are, seem to be in the zeitgeist, especially in uh, British popular culture. I know, uh, you know Thunderdome is not British, but you know that whole that just everything kind of coming together. I can see where all these things were coming from, um, and I appreciated those things. It's just I. It just it fell down at the end. I, I w- it was so many good ideas that just didn't quite know where to go at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't a huge like. I still love it. I still would recommend this episode to anybody. I would watch this episode again. You might be one of the only people that does that. Yeah, I would watch the beginning again. The first the first story was pretty pretty great. First episode. Yeah, yeah. it's good though. We all like it. All right. We both all right. liked it. Do we have anything else to add, or should we shut this machine down? Do we have um. Anyone that oh. wrote in to tell us what they think, or did we? Do we not? I don't remember. We did get some. Oh, while you're uh, retrieving information, I will do a little vamping. I know absolutely nothing about what other people think of this, so I don't know if this is a universally hated story or a loved story. I just know I liked it, um, but I'm oh. curious to know where it falls on people's lists. Is this considered a low point in the show? Because I would disagree. It, it, it is not a well-regarded story. Interesting. Um, a lot of, I, but but very much for this in the same way that we feel about it. I I think from what I've seen, a lot of it is uh, 
the idea that there were some really good ideas in here. People liked uh, uh, McCoy's performance in this story. Um, I liked a lot of what was set up in the story, but it's the execution that that um, held it back. Um, so I think we're pretty much in line with what most people feel. I don't know that there'd be a lot of people that would go as far as you do and would actually recommend this story to people. Um, but uh, looking at yeah, our old Twitter- people that eat you and red and blue gangs of teenage girls that run roam the streets and spray paint. Up- Come on, you're crazy yeah. if you don't think that's a world you want to be in. I just want to soak in that world. I love it. Uh, soak so in the on, tub. It's on I'm the gonna, top floor. It's beautiful. It's There's no the garbage. Uh, There's no bar- dust. Barely any killer robots up there. Yeah, only one killer robot in the water. As far as I know, just the one. Um, we did get some feedback on the Twitter machine. Um, listener uh, Paul Paranoid says... Um, in brief here... Da, 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 um, about Paradise Towers, I thought it was a good idea. Um... And says uh, Paul also said previously that he's going to skip a few of these uh, uh, stories because he just didn't like it that much. But um, he said he eventually watched the McCoy era because he liked uh, Doctor Who on audio, or like this Doctor on audio, um, but felt that this part of uh, the run got a little bit embarrassing. Um, eh. I, I like this part, but that was that's I, I see where you're coming from. Um, our friend Christmas Paddock says. Um, because I know the Paradise Towers watch is coming soon. Here are thoughts. It's still very Sixth Doctor. Hmm. I'm what not sure. Okay. Mean? I mean, I don't. What do you take that to mean? I don't. I don't see. I yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's still uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You know, before he's going to do Home Improvement. So, <laughs> but it did. It felt. It felt much different to me than the Colin Baker stuff. It didn't feel yeah. overly violent or angry. And McCoy just brings such a different energy to it than, you know. Yeah, it felt way more lighthearted to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess well, we, we did get a lot a of that with, with um, Pip and Jane's stories where they were sort of goofy and, and comedy focused. But this, this, the sense of humor in this to me felt a little smarter. Yeah. Um, he goes on to say, uh, Mel is screamy. Uh, yeah. yeah. More or less, but I mean, more, sometimes and other times, like we mentioned. Um, there are more cannibals. More yeah, still. You can't have, I love cannibals I mean, and I love elderly people that are cannibals. I mean, you know, it's just you the put, perfect combination. It's a Venn diagram of me. Uh, you know, you're, you're camel cannibals and you're evil elderly, and I'm right there in the middle looking back at you. Uh, he says it's it's uh, parody, which I like, but I don't like this. Um, like Dan Savage said, it gets better. Uh, on the positive side, he says um, I love McCoy, and he is more settled into this character in this episode. I agree. I think. Well, I hope so. Anyway, I hope this is this is the trajectory that we uh, we go in with him. Um, reading from another uh, Rogue Time Lord, one says the concept is great, the story is good, but the execution falls short. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Uh, See, I, I would I would disagree nope. with that, uh, just because I feel like the execution Wrong. of the one I just feel like the one actor's choice of the way to perform it was good, but I thought the direction was actually very good. Two actors, two actors. Yeah, well, Pex okay. was horrible. Okay, I but no, I agree. I, maybe maybe it is. And, and this director, this is he's this is the second Doctor Who story that this uh, this director has done. And what else the, did he do? Um, I looked it up, and I should have I should have kept that um, at the tip of my tip of my tongue. Uh, I forget now. Hang yeah, on. We'll keep with. Uh, so the the director is uh, Nicholas Mallet, who also did Mysterious Planet. Oh, okay. Not, not yeah. a great uh, one, but 
Not one of not the better terrific, ones not... of that trial, though, wasn't it? Oh, God. so much better than the trials. So that, that's fine, but that's that's kind of a low bar. Um, and then the the writer um, uh, Stephen Wyatt, who I think this is the first story that he's done. Okay. Um, okay, so going back to Rogue Time Lord says, uh, Bonnie is okay. This would have made a great second Doctor story with either Jamie and Victoria or Jamie and Zoe as companions. Yep. That would be a, uh, I kind of agree with that. Because we, we yeah. sort of see a lot of Troughton in, in this Doctor, and I want to see more Zoe stories. So I'm looking forward to going back just for that reason. Um, and let's see. Uh, Going back to the Twitter, uh, Tom Tarpey says, after much deliberation and soul-searching, I've been forced to come to the conclusion that Red Kangs are best. Oh, we forgot. I was going to ask you who you preferred, Red Kangs or Blue Kangs. I'm I'm a Red Kang forever. I think you know this about me. I'm Red Kang. Yeah, you know what? We spend more time with Red Kangs, so I feel like I know Fire Escape, whereas I don't know the Blue Kangs. Sure, the Blue Kangs are better. At, you know, they find the uh, mind quarters of the Red Kangs, whereas what well, we they don't do. even they know win. where the mind quarters are of the uh, Blue Kangs. Although we, we did shouldn't. see them worship the whatever that pile of junk, that pillar of garbage at some point, right. whatever that weird religion is. But yeah, it I was would... the the unalive Kangs that they were worshiping. Yes. Yeah, I guess that would probably be Red Kang too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't I don't know. Blue I, Kangs are probably to be... cool. To be fair, I don't know what the ethos of the Yellow Kangs were. We need uh, more time. I mean, they, weren't, they weren't great warriors, but I'm kind of a pacifist, so maybe I would have been a Yellow Kang. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, we did see that one Yellow Kang. That's all we got. Yeah. She was able to escape um, a whole group of Red Kangs, so mm. she was plucky, but couldn't escape the cleaners. That's too bad. Um, yep, so that's that's the feedback we got on the, uh, the Twitters and on this uh, story. So thank you guys very much for that. Any emails, Dan? We did also get an email, um, so thank you for writing to us. Uh, Todd Stutz uh, says, uh, hello, Eric and Dan. Thank you for reading my email on your uh, latest episode. Look forward to your review of Sylvester McCoy as it continues in the role. Uh, as I said in my last email, he kicks into gear in his second season. Well, let's we don't have that far to go until we get into, the, into a higher gear. Um, concerning the TV movie that came out in the 1990s, I really didn't like it because it was Americanized for the U.S. audience. Take care and look forward to future episodes. I'm looking forward to the movie. Not just for Eric Roberts, but mostly for Eric Roberts. I was going to say Eric Roberts. It's always Eric Roberts. uh, The whole reason why I even did this. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other reason to even want to. Uh, Speaking of Eric Roberts, uh, or I should say speaking of things that bring me joy, Dan, we got a review, another five-star iTunes review. Now, this is from the U.S. store. If you leave a review on the U.S. store, we know immediately. If you leave a review on uh, another store from another country, we only find out once a month. So if you've read or left a review and we haven't read it, we're not reading it now, we will get to it once we get our little digest email. Because Dan, as you know, half our audience is uh, in the U, or a third of our audience is U.S. Yeah, third the rest is uh, U.K. I believe, and then a third Australia. So it's an interesting uh, mix. It is. What did that review have to say there, Eric? Not that it's not. I I was humoring you. (laughs) All right, so let's get to the what the good stuff, as they say. Let's cut the bag of uh, uh, blow open and. Take a t- take a taste for daddy. Uh, this is uh, the subject of this uh, by a hundred watt walrus. Great name. Discovered, binged, subscribed, loved it. Well, thank wow. you, hundred watt walrus, for that great uh, five star subject line. 
These guys enjoy Doctor Who the same way I do. Half naked and full. No, that's not what he wrote. Uh, these guys enjoy Doctor Who the same way I do. Full of unwavering, unconditional love and a lot of eye-rolling sarcasm and nitpicking. Sometimes their quote-unquote Marin Open uh, goes a little long. And we, we understand. We also feel that it goes a little long. And we're trying to shorten it up a little bit. But sometimes we just got to say what we got to say. And you guys all. And if it's going to end up being a 14-hour Twin Peaks uh <laughs> analysis or a um what was the thing we talked about last time was i actually watched it and i'm not going to get into it now but the uh stephen king show which i like oh, a lot castle rock so yeah thank you for recommending that because uh good, good. we'll talk it. about that and sometimes i get a little frustrated at the stuff they get wrong uh but then a podcast by super fans who know the whole 55 year canon such as it is by heart would be a lot less fun agreed uh, yep. That's my, uh, I'm adding the agreed part. Keep up we the good work. Those. Well, thank you, 100 Watt Walrus. We will try to keep the openings a little shorter. Um, and I, we appreciate you sticking with us and for the nice words. Yeah, cool. I'm glad that you get what we're doing here because we, uh, we are not the encyclopedias that you can get on the internet. We are just a couple of fans. Yeah, and if so, you want to let us know how you feel, uh, you can leave a review on iTunes uh, also, Google Play and wherever else podcasts are made and stored. I don't know. Uh, us. You no can one. email us at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at uh, TOW Show on Twitter. Uh, that's the same on Instagram as well. Yeah, and at- Facebook is TODWS. There you go. So any of or all of those places, if you want to get in touch with us, you can also go to the old Doctor Who Show to check out all of our past episodes. Um, they are all listed there. Um, the latter half all contain a ridiculous amount of gifts. If you want to check out um, what we thought was interesting or funny about each of those uh, stories, you can leave comments on any of the story pages or on the schedule page. Um, let us know uh, what you think we should be covering when we come back around uh, and. Uh, catch up with all those the uh, important stories that we missed on the first time through. So we're anxious to hear what you think there. And if you want to send us something real, physical, physical. Uh, we have a P.O. Box. It's P.O. Box 2131, Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701. All right, can we just no, stop we're looking about- at each other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we forgot to say. Uh, uh, if you want to continue to watch these with us, uh, set your eyes, uh, eyeballs to Delta and the Bannermen and watch that before October 24th because that's our next scheduled review of Delta and the Bannermen. I Banner am really Man. anxious about that story just because Why? of the title. That title, it just... It sounds terrible. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds horrible. I'm really apprehensive about this one and I... I'm not yeah, like judge somebody it. wrote that on a piece of paper and handed it in. It's like, that's what we're going with? Yep. Many, many people said, okay. Many Who people. Who knows? Maybe it's a period piece and we're going to be back in uh, medieval England and there's going to be some guy calling himself Delta and his, and his bannerman. I don't know. It's an allegory for Echo don't. and the Bunnymen? No. Well, that would be interesting. All right, so let's just get out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Colors. 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 
Mayor walking, psychopath talking. King of my jungle, just a gangster, stalking, living life like a firecracker, quick as my fuse. Been dead as a death, back the colors I choose. Red or blue, cuz of blood, it just don't matter. Sucker died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors, the gangs of LA will never die. Just multiply colors. You don't know me, fool. You disown me, cool. I don't need your assistance, social persistence. Any problem I got, I just put. 